Hey everybody, it's Miss McNeil just sitting at a park. Um, so there's gonna be a lot of background noise today, but I've been finding, having a really hard time actually recording an episode, mostly because um, I've been away, um, been busy, and also have been feeling a little sick um, for this past week. So I thought, Do you know what, I'm out. I'm just gonna do it here and now so that you guys have got um, your next episode of the Last Push podcast. So, um, this has been um, something that um, a student has asked for, but I'm also gonna try to link it. And if you guys know anything about me, you know that I absolutely love um, to link different topics. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna link a chemistry topic and then we're gonna go in and we're gonna link that with a physics topic because some of your chemistry and physics topics overlap. So, without further ado, please grab yourself a pen, grab yourself some paper, grab um, markers, whatever you need to jot down some notes so that you can come back and revise from this later. So, welcome to the Last Push Podcast. Okay, so like I said, we are going to do um, some chemistry topics and then link that in with physics topics. And I think it's so important just in terms of keeping things in your long-term memory to always make sure that you're flipping and flopping topics as much as you can and you're not spending too much time on one topic because that's compartmentalizing it and you're not able to actually be able to comfortably switch back and forth between topics and it's not as useful to you if you spend m- less time on more topics more frequently than mastering one topic at a time. So um, we're just going to start off with some of the, the chemistry topics at the very, very start. So most of you guys all know that everything on the planet, everything on the earth is made up of little tiny things called the atom. And a lot of people have a really hard time visualizing it because you can't you can't see them. Um, they are so small, so 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 tiny. But what you do need to know is that they're made up of different subatomic particles. And the word sub is just meaning that it's smaller, subatomic, smaller than the atom. So they're particles that are smaller than the atom itself, and they are the building blocks, or they make up the atom almost like the little Lego blocks to the castle of Lego that you're building. So the first thing that you need to know is that all the atoms have got, they've got a center, and the center is called the nucleus. And the overall charge of the nucleus actually is positive because it's only filled with two things. And the two things that the nucleus is filled with are protons, and neutrons and neutrons have no charge or they're neutrally charged and protons have got a positive charge so within the nucleus itself you only have something that's positively charged and something that has no charges and then on the outside of the nucleus you've got these things called shells or energy levels and 
Um, when you go into higher chemistry, there's a lot of, um, the, you can call them S-shells or P-shells, but just for GCSE, you only need to know that they are just called shells, and on the shells, there are electrons, and electrons have got negative charges. Um, and those electrons, the way they're configured, so the electron configuration of an atom, and the way they're arranged, is you can only have two in the first shell, and then there's no more space essentially that's how I like to think of it and then in the second shell you can have a maximum of eight it doesn't have to be eight but it can fill up to eight and then on the third shell again it's the same thing a maximum of eight it doesn't have to be eight but it can get up to eight and if you're drawing out atoms you have to remember that because you have to remember you can only put two electrons on the first shell and then you go to the second shell and then if there's more than 10 so if there's 11 electrons for example you'd have two electrons on the first shell and then eight which gives you a total of 10 and then you'd have one left over and that one would have to start filling up the third shell so those are the subatomic particles um you have to know the charges of them which we've already gone through so protons are positive neutrons are neutral electrons are negative and you also need to know how they're arranged so protons and neutrons are in the nucleus and then you've got electrons which are on the outer shells and it goes in the electron configuration of two then eight then eight so if you're looking at your periodic table and you take a look at lithium, for example, Li is the symbol. If you see the lithium has got an atomic number, which is the number at the bottom, which is three. And that means that it's got three electrons because it's an atom with three electrons. It hasn't lost or gained any yet. And that means that it's going to have one electron in the second shell so two in the first shell and one in the second shell for a total of three so that is your how how your electrons are configured and that's how that works now the other thing you have to know is the sizes and the easiest way to remember it is either one or very small that's how I always remember it that's how I always teach it you can remember the exact number um, but it's not necessary at GCSE um, unless if you're going on and you're studying atoms um, at uh, university level at a levels then you might want to try to remember that but if you're just trying to get by if you're just doing that last push to the exams then remembering protons have a size of one neutrons have a size of one and electrons are very small is good enough um, for you to be able to be really really successful on your exam so that's the start of your chemistry exam and then there's all these different things that you can do where you can you can actually link that together um, and you can link it to bonding to ions to isotopes and we don't have enough time in today's episode to do all of that but what we do have enough time to do is actually start taking a look at at how that links into your physics curriculum so if you take a look um, at your physics curriculum, there's a lot of crossover topics, which are really, really good because you just have to learn it once, essentially. Um, and the atom and the subatomic particles, that's one of them. Now, what we're going to do before 
before we actually get into that is I want you guys to actually do a one minute mind map and I want you to do a one minute mind map I want you to close your notes you have now I want you to do a one minute mind map and I want you to try to mind map everything that we've just done about the parts of the atom where they're found the size and the charges Okay, hopefully you paused me. Hopefully you did a great little mind map and you're feeling like you have retained some of that information because that is what this podcast is all about. It's about you actually getting the information you need and trying to use some tools to actually stick it in your long-term memory. So um, before we do a little segue, a little link into the physics section of it, there's one more key term that you have to know and it's called an isotope. And if you don't know what an isotope is, it's going to be really, really hard um, for us to go into um, radiation and radio uh, radioactive isotopes. So an isotope is an atom. It's the same element. So if you look at your periodic table of elements, all of those are different elements. So hydrogen is a different element. Helium is a different element. Lithium is a different element. So I need you to picture, picture one of those on the periodic table, just one. And it's the same element, but it has got a different number of neutrons. So it's got the exact same number of protons, exact same number of electrons, but one thing that's different with an isotope is it's got a different number of neutrons. So I want you to take a look at your periodic table and I want you to find lithium again. Uh, the symbols li so find lithium and if you take a look at lithium it's got a mass number the top number a mass number of seven and an atomic number of three so that three is telling you that there's three protons and if it's an atom not an ion it also is going to have three electrons so it's got three protons three electrons and the thing that's different is to find the number of neutrons, you have to do the mass number, which is the top number, take away the atomic number, which is the bottom number. So seven take away three is four. So there's four neutrons. So if you're looking at an isotope of lithium, for example, it could have eight Li3 or six Li3. And if it's eight Li3, it means it's got one additional neutron. And if it's 6Li3, it means it's got one less neutron. So an isotope is an element that is the same. It's got the same number of protons, it's got the same atomic number, but it's got a different mass number and it's got a different number of neutrons. And that's what an isotope is. And that's really, really important for you to have to try to remember because when you look at radiation and half-lives you're looking at isotopes and what is radiate um a half-life because that is a really really important part of your physics exam and it's one that you can get really easy marks as long as you know the half-life is the time taken for a radioactive unstable nuclei 
to the center of the atom, the nuclei, um, to decay, to break down by half. So it's the time taken for that isotope's nuclei, so the middle part, the protons and the neutrons, to decay, to break down by half. And it's really important for you to, it's called half-life, so you should be able to remember that it's half. So it's a time taken for it to, to decay by half. But what it is, is it's, it's an isotope and it is an unstable nuclei. <coughs> So if you're looking at graphs, which nine times out of 10, it's going to be a graphing question. And what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to look at what's your starting count point. So on a graph, you want to use your y-axis and you want to go all the way up to the top of your y-axis and you want to find that top number. So a lot of times they'll use numbers like 1,000, 100, 200, 400. <coughs> Sorry, like I said, just getting over that cold. Um, so you want to look at that top number and the top number, what you want to be able to do is just to divide that in half, half life, just half it. Don't make it hard. Don't make it complicated. Just whatever that number is, half it and go down the Y axis. Then use a ruler, use a pencil, use whatever you have to go across until it hits the line of best fit. Once you hit the line of best fit, go straight down to the x-axis, which is going to be time. Time in seconds, times in minutes, times in hours, times in years, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. But the easiest way to answer those questions is to actually just look at the top of the graph of the y-axis, figure out what the number is, divide it in half, go down your y-axis to find that number. So if it was 500, you go down to 250. Then use a ruler, go over to your line of best fit. Then when you're at your line of best fit, you need to go directly down to the x-axis and figure out what the time is. And that is the half-life. That's the time it takes for whatever that is, uranium, titanium, whatever it tells you in the question, it's gonna probably be a word that's gonna try to throw you off. But whatever that radioactive uh, material is that's decaying, that unstable nuclei, isotope, just half a number go down your y-axis and then figure out the time in years um there you could you should actually take a minute at the end of this podcast and you should actually look at a picture just google um half-life physics gcse graphs and you should be able to see lots of examples um also if you want to come get other examples for me i can show you them i can walk you through them but once you know the parts of an atom and once you know that an isotope is um, the same element with a different number of neutrons and then when you have a radioactive isotope it's it's breaking down in the middle part the nuclei of it is decaying so it's just breaking down it's because it is unstable and that's what throws off different radiation uh, which ends up making us actually quite ill um, and there's different radiation there's alpha beta and gamma radiation which is a whole nother part of physics that we'll go through hopefully in another episode um, but for right now we've gone through the atom we've gone through the parts of the atom the size of those parts the charges of those parts linked it into isotopes and then linked it into half-life so that's the hardest part that you need to try to remember the half-life the time taken for an unstable isotope nuclei to decay by half 
Um, so look up a graphing question. Okay, don't do yourself don't do yourself a favor, and actually go away after this and look up that picture, um, so that you actually have that with you. If you haven't been doing that, one I've one I've been talking it through. So hope that was helpful. Um, hope that was helpful. And my last message to you guys is, if you get sick, listen listen take some time off actually try to get some sleep try to eat um really healthy drink as much water as you can because if you are if you get run down if you get sick it's your body telling you that you need a break okay so i did that but hopefully i'm gonna get better really soon and i'm gonna be able to get you guys some more episodes um coming into mock exam week so um have a great rest of the half term and get out there and do some revising.